Welcome, this is the Sales IQ Podcast. My name is Luigi Prestonenzi, and I'm on a mission to help salespeople be the best sales professionals they can be. Each week, we'll bring you a different message from thought leaders from around the globe, so we can help you master the art of selling. Welcome to another episode of the Sales IQ Podcast. I'm your host, Luigi Prestonenzi, and as always, I'm pumped, I'm honored, and I'm excited that you have joined us for what will be a cracking episode. This week, we are talking about data. We are talking about best practice in managing leads and what you can do to improve contact and engagement with leads. And we're going to be talking to Gabe Larson, the VP of Marketing and Sales Development at InsideSales.com. Gabe also is the host of his own podcast, The Sales Secrets Podcast. This is a really cool episode, and you might go, well, how the hell can data be cool? But for all of us in sales, we've got you know one real primary objective, right, is to help as many people as we can be. Because why? When we help as many people as we can be, that often turns into some form of outcome, target, quota. We achieve the outcome that we are measured on, which is sales. And so this episode, we talk about the different channels Um, that is required and the different channels that you can use to engage with prospects and increase that contact rate because we know the more people we engage with the more people we can get through the pipeline the higher you know higher chance we get of converting more opportunities so you know this is what really excites me because we you know with so much activity out there with so much distraction we get told you got to use this you got to use that you got to use the other we actually look at data taken from thousands and thousands of different data points you know actually millions as Gabe goes into it and we can actually talk about real data real information that can enable us to speed stuff up find some real hacks to you know give us that extra one percent so guys before we get into this exciting episode please Take some more time to share, like, rate wherever you're listening to podcasts. Our community is growing. And why do I know that? Obviously, I see the stats, but I'm getting some incredible messages from people. And it's really humbling to hear that our podcast, this little podcast that we started with, is starting to make an impact and it's starting to build momentum. So I've actually got some killer guests coming up to talk about some additional type of of topics in the world of marketing, sales, and business. Um, you know, in in the coming months, which I can't wait to share with you. I'll be jumping on planes to to meet with them. So I'm doing that so I can serve you and give you the best content possible, so that you can be the best sales professionals you can be. So guys, enjoy, buckle up, and take some notes because there is an absolute gold within this episode. Welcome to the show, Gabe. Hey, man, excited to be on. Let's do this. Yeah, man, I know that we've uh, tried to get you on the show and, you know, a few things didn't uh, line up. So I'm super excited that we finally got the man on the Sales IQ podcast, man. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when you're as busy and as popular as I am, it's, it's hard to make it happen. But I'm, I'm glad I can make it happen. You know, I make it happen. <laughs> awesome, brother. Well, man, I'm pretty pumped to get into all things cadence and you know video text and how we can enhance the cadence process by yep. using a couple of you know unique ways to engage with a prospect but before we get into that topic we'd love to hear a bit more about you and how you started in the world of sales 
Yeah, man. So I've got a, a little bit of a different background. Um, I've been here at a company called Inside Sales for going on six years now, and I run what we call in, the growth team. And growth consists of marketing um, and the business development or the sales development side of the house. Um, and I had kind of an interesting journey, though, um, into tech, right? I, I started in the financial space, spent a couple of years overseas, not quite as far as where you are, but I was <laughs> four years in the Middle East, um, kind of in a GM type enterprise sales role, Cl closed a $10 million deal, um, uh, closed a couple million dollar deals, really came to an appreciation of enterprise sales. But man, I couldn't get rid of SaaS. They came calling. And so I jumped on here to inside sales and six years later, I've had a blast mostly because this space, man, as you know, it's so fun to talk to sales and marketing leaders. And we offer a technology, um, an intelligent engagement platform that helps people build and close pipeline, not just faster, but also smarter. And so um, having some cool technology and being able to sell to salespeople, I mean, what more can you ask for, right? Oh, man. And, you know, there's not many people that can say that they've closed a $10 million sale. Yeah, I mean, that's something we that's we should do an episode about that. I mean, that was, um, you know, that wasn't something that happened in a in in months. It was more like years um, yeah. to kind of build into that. But um, yeah, we did um, a $10 million deal. And it's, I, it's it was awesome. And, and a lot of people I can't take credit for it, man. So yeah. many people participated. Man, when you I, do something like that. I need a gong. You know, when those sort of stories come out, you need the big gong so you can the gong, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> totally. I've you know I worked totally in complex true. sales back uh, a couple of years ago, and um, I did a couple of those type of opportunities. And I tell you what, man, that it's not just the the sales cycle or the complexity of the sale; it's the mental, you know, the challenge mentally that you go through with all the different moving parts. Uh, I don't know about the, the typical particular deal you did, but I had, you know, there was multiple stakeholders, different states, um, different buying sort of gates. It was intense, man. And at, at some point during the process, I was like, mate, this is never going to happen. Um, and uh, so I, I, I get what, you know, what emotional, and I don't know if that's just me, man, but the emotional input that I had to, um, you know, put together to make that deal happen was, was insane. No, man, it, it is, you know, multiple, I, we, for my, you know, with multiple countries, um, uh, you know, certainly. And then just to write a contract, I remember writing the contract for a $10 million deal. And, um, I'm just throwing crap in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm like, how about we do this? How about we do that? You know? um, Cause it's, uh, and I say that a little jokingly, but, um, yeah. You know, we kind of threw the kitchen sink at him, and it was in a professional way. But it was it was hard to write that kind of SOW. Like, how do you make something worth ten million dollars? Okay, let me think. Yeah. <laughs> I know, especially if you're selling something that is not really built. You know, I've been there before, man, and it's uh, you know, it's a bit of a challenge. But look, I, I, like, I, so that's good because we've got another episode to uh, talk about how to you know how to yeah, close say, a ten million dollar sale, and I'm sure we'll get a lot of listeners for that. Um, that's right. So, we man, done that. What, yeah. <laughs> so, I want to talk about cadence, man, because inside sales, you guys produce a lot of great reports and data, and there's a particular report that I'll um, send people to in the show notes for this show, but. I want to talk a bit about cadence and, you know, what's your definition on, on sales cadence firstly? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, this may not actually seem like it. Um, <laughs> it may not seem like it's that jam-packed, but this is about the 400th version of this definition um, <laughs> of a cadence. It is a series of activities to increase contact and qualification. Um, each word in there was very specifically designed for, for a specific person. I won't break them all down, but... Um, Certainly the word series, right? It isn't yeah. just one. We talked about multi-channel, omni-channel. You've got to think about multiple avenues that you're using. We are talking about activities. Now, most people do not understand, and this is it's an interesting thing. When we talk about activities, how many activities or what type of activities can you include in a cadence? Most people are like, okay, I know phone, I know, I know email, I know yeah. voicemail. There's a lot more than that. Right now, we're trying to track eight. Nobody, I've, I've trained literally hundreds of sales development, hundreds of inside sales reps. I've not had one person be able to name all eight channels that we are every day in our data science team trying to figure out what's going on. Phone, voicemail, email, social, hmm. um, direct mail, video, text message, chat. There's just so much more, right? So you got to think about the types of activities you're doing. So it's a series of activities to increase contact and um, qualification. The main purpose, the main, main purpose of a cadence is to be able to start a conversation. Um, but if you do it right, you can absolutely increase the education and ultimately increase your qualification rate. So a series of activities to increase contact and qualification. Yeah, awesome, man. And you know what? I, I hear what you're saying because I often see that in the field. When you think of those eight different touch points, you're right, people are using phone, email, maybe text. Um, video is not something that I see a lot of people use at all. Um, yeah. Not at all, you know. So, and I think that's perfect sort of segue into what we're going to discuss today. So now that we've got the definition of a sales cadence, um, I'd love to understand where you've seen video really help that engagement component within that series. Yeah, let me, let me, can I back you up just yep. one thing? So I want to say one more thing on cadence. Um, and then you're right, let's dive into maybe a couple of these channels. It's just so many people, they hear these words now, cadence, sequence, play. Um, and I feel like some people are like, yeah, yeah I, I, I think that I, I think I understand <laughs> it. But in order, and I'll make this short, but guys, in order to build a good play, in order to build a good sequence, I went to my data science team, I said, guys, Look at these these data points. Look at as many as you can. We've got you know billions and millions of data points and all these different activities. Companies kind of use our, our software. Um, anyways, I said break it down for me, just so if I went and trained someone who'd never done sales before, I can't just tell them do a cadence. Yeah. I got to tell them what what is a cadence. So I love the definition, but we then really came out with these five pillars, um, and I think that'll dovetail nicely into yeah, kind of some of these elements so let me just go through because it'll set the stage guys number one is attempts and everyone knows that they're gabe got it totally yeah. that makes sense and even my data science team said it looks like everybody gets that people are doing it and they're they're understanding the second pillar we call media and that's the media pattern used right are we using um, just like we said which of the channels are we using we're we using phone email voicemail how are we mixing and merging them when are we mixing and merging them so number two is media number three is duration and this is an often forgot one how long long should your cadence be? We can sit here and talk about it. You might have an opinion. I might have an opinion, but what does the data say? Um, and duration is start to finish. So I start on a Monday, I end on the next Monday. 
That's a total of X number of days, right? That's the length of my, my cadence. Next was spacing. Spacing is time between each activity. Do I do a call on Monday and then email on Tuesday? Do I do two calls on Monday and then another email on Wednesday? How do I space out those activities? Yeah. And then last but not least was content. Content, even with the team, this, this is kind of the cherry on top, right? Um, hard to kind of really depict and break down because you can send one great email and all of a sudden it explodes the rest of your cadence because you get that response and you're now in dialogue. But attempts, media duration, space, and content, as these are the DNA of a cadence. As you're thinking about building them, if you're not maximizing each one of those points, I, th- I think you're, you're, yeah. you're a mess. And, you know, they're incredible pillars. And, and again, I see this, there's not enough thought behind you know, when you talk playbooks, whatever you want to call it, right? There's not enough right. thought given to going, okay, we're going to develop a series. It's just bang, bang, bang. And there's no thought between, okay, the gaps. And the other thing that I find is what what are we actually giving them through each yeah. step? And that's when I, I pull my hair out sometimes because I've gone, well, you've just created a really great sequence. You've got some really great marketing collateral to send them across 10 points. But what are they actually getting from those 10 points of engagement? <laughs> <laughs> all those 10 points it's about you it's about i'm following up on x or i'm giving you x That's or right. we are the leaders in this and I'm, I'm seeing a miss because then people say well well cadence doesn't work you know it's it's a, it's a myth i'm not it's not a myth i think you know and this is where i go marketing and sales you know now more than ever before need to really come together and go we're not delivering a marketing message we're delivering a customer-centric message that's about you know, giving them something of value to yeah, keep yeah. them engaged, to get them to a point to go, actually, I want to talk to you now because you've served up something, some content to me that's helped me consider my situation that I might not necessarily yeah. have considered. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it is, we, we have become a little fascinated with cadences and sequences and um, they, they are so important, but what we found in our own business is that um, unless you involve a sequence with a play around yeah. it, um, we've just not found it to be successful. And so what we've kind of done to, to highlight your point is we've said, why don't we build plays? And we put an acronym together, P-L-A-Y-S. Now the S in plays is sequence. It's one of the elements. Yeah. But unless you have a purpose, uh, yeah. And that's your P. Who, who are you going after? List yeah. is, is are we going, you know, are we targeting? Are we going after inbound leads? You got to think of, are we trying to build pipeline? And then who are we targeting? That's your P and then your L. And boy, do I love the value point you talked about. Mm. We call that assets. You know, what value am I giving before I'm trying to get that? You got to give before you get. So you got P-L-A-Y. Y is all about the yield. What results yeah. are you getting? How are you tracking your plays? Are you, are you A-B testing? And then last... Last but not least, you're talking about your S and your sequence, and that's your five pillars. So I don't mean to get all complicated with acronyms, but love the idea that yeah. sequences are sequences. But unless you know your purpose, your targeting, your, your assets, your yield, you're just missing out on on some other elements. Totally. Now I get so excited, man. And you know, and I know that we, we, we're going a bit off topic, but, but the best outreach campaign I've had so far, the success, was when I did not put, and I know this goes against everything people say, I did not put a call to action at the bottom of the email. Now, <laughs> I know I'll get smashed, man. People go, you have to put a, 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 you know, a light CTR. I'm like, I didn't. I completely, my sequence was built on value. And I know that word gets thrown around a lot, but I literally gave them small pieces 
of stuff that I thought that they could use. And man, it went bananas. Like I literally found that was the best um, outreach campaign I ever did against a cold data set as well. So these cool. weren't even inbound leads. And so, cool. and this is why I go, you've got to test it up. You've got to A-B test, right? You've got to, and then you've got to do it again because the message might get a bit sort of dull or, you know, it might drown because we, we, we're living in a world where sameness becomes, you know, quickly, if you're not, if you're not innovative, your message becomes same as everybody else because people get onto stuff, right? So, man, this is so exciting. I'm, I'm getting really excited, man, because cadence is a big, a big topic for me. Um, so let's dive into, sure. yeah. So let's dive into now. Sure. We, we haven't got time to go through the pillars and the plays, but if we push into that content component um, of yeah. the pillars, let's talk about video. What's preventing salespeople, in your opinion? What stops salespeople? Because I know from a few um, reports and, and, and content that you've put out, text and video is a low, not, salespeople aren't utilizing these tools. Yeah, that, that's a, actually, that's a good question. Um, if I, I'd throw it out to the audience, maybe I'll just throw it out to you as we're not live, but that's one of the things I just want to understand, right? With each of those pillars, right? And again, in my world, there's a little bit of a debate. Are there really seven channels or eight channels? And some people debating if video is really a channel or because it's embedded in text or, or email, if it's own separate thing. That, that aside, we went out and we asked, we asked a thousand sales development teams, a thousand, and, and we said, guys, are you using video or not? What do you, what would you say percentage of sales development teams who report using video currently in their prospecting efforts? And it, it's, it's, I'm putting you on the spot, Louis, but tell, <laughs> give me your quick, quick, quick thought. Yeah. Oh man, look, I, I would reckon it'd be under 5% or under 10%. Uh, it's just, you know, yeah. it's a step in the dark. That's close, man. We, we ended at 10.4 <laughs> with a pretty good data set. So yeah. you're right in the sense that, number one, I mean, people are not using it. Um, now, your, your second question, you know, is, is the reason why? And mostly I just, as I've followed up with some of even the people who took the survey and said, how come? One, People just don't know about it. Yeah. Um, they're just aware that they're like, video? What, what, what are you even talking about? It's kind of like AI. Um, yeah. Sometimes people have been like, oh, maybe I've heard a little bit, but I have no clue what that is, right? So a lot of education that needs to be done. Two, just then the ability. People are aware that they need to do it or they've got it, but it's like, I have no clue. Yeah. Like I literally, one guy told me two weeks ago, he's like, so should I get my iPhone? I'll record it and then I'll send the video embedded like in my email. I'm like, uh, <clears throat> Um, that's too big of a file. Like you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I, I think it's just the why and the what's education, and then it's the how of how yeah. you actually do it. But and I feel for salespeople, right? Because like if you think about sales professionals, like you're talking video, and go, man, I've got to go to to tech. I've got to record something, and then I've got to embed. Like you said, do I embed the video? Do I send a link from YouTube? Like that's right. You know, that's this is mind-boggling, man. Like, I, 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 I'm a traditionalist. I became a salesperson because I, I couldn't use my hands. My old man wanted me to do a, be a trade. I'm like, I can't be a trade, man. I can't build anything, right? Um, I was I was no good at school. So sales was the was my savior, man. So if I could, like, I, I wasn't good at tech. So you're now asking me to do video embed code. I'm like, man, are you mad? And that's what I get from so, salespeople. They're like, well, how, do, how, how the fuck do I do video, man? <laughs> so That's, um, that's true. So That's we've got ten percent of salespeople are using video um, purely because there's a lack of, I think, you know, education um, out there around how to do it. 
say we, we teach them, okay, this is how you actually send the email. Um, what are a couple of tips that we must follow yeah. when creating and sending video? Totally. And, and man, I've, I've been jumping on the video train more. We, we do a lot of that. And, and I want to highlight one thing before I get into the secrets. And that is just, guys, with that 10.4%, you can look at it in two ways. Um, and one's right, the other's wrong. Game 10.4, no one's using it. Why would I use it? <laughs> um, that's, that's the wrong way to look at it. Yeah. In prospecting, remember this line, different is good. Anything that's different. If I get, a, I get 100 emails a day, um, how many videos do I get a day? Yeah. Um, how many texts do I get a day? How many phone calls? When something is different, our, psychologically, the human brain says, well, what's that? Um, so remember, different is good. So if 90% of people aren't doing it, you should do it. Yes. <laughs> you know? yeah. That's what uh, that's the way you got to be thinking, right? Yeah. Uh, be different. Don't follow the crowd. And so I do think video is something if you're not considering just because the low number is doing it, that's exactly the reason you should be doing it. Now, a couple secrets. Um, I typically have five things I go to when I think about recording. And some of these are going to be more basic. Some of these might be a little more, I guess, advanced. Number one's recording, just how yeah. you think about the recording. Number two is the length. Um, number three is the subject line. Number four is the body. Um, did, I, did I do that right? Let's see. One is recording, length, subject line, body, thumbnail, and then follow-up. Those are yeah. kind of the things I think about. Let me give you just maybe five seconds on each, right? So on the first one, when it comes to the recording, you do need to be as authentic as you can, right? You want to make sure you got a little bit of a clean background. Ideally, you use some technology, but I'm telling you, if you come off as rote and memorized, this is what I'm saying in the video, you've got to be a person. People yeah. buy from people. They don't buy from companies. So make it authentic. That's on the recording. On the length, shorter is going to be better. Every piece of research I've seen, everything we've experienced internally, under 60 second that's on the prospecting yeah. side of the house right you want to figure what works for you prospecting side of the house short sweet to the point keep it under 60 seconds this is um, number three is on that subject line when it comes to subject line again you're typically embedding this in the in the email they're not even going to be able to watch the video if you don't master the subject line so try at least to start you got to put video in the subject line personal video for you. Here's a video. Yeah. I made a video. I, I don't know. Some use the word video so that they know we're seeing big increases in open rates. And if you want someone to watch your video, they got to open the email. So yeah. start there. Shorter subject lines always going to be better than longer. When it comes to the body, am I going too fast? Well, you no, this is good, man. On that. I'm just, I'm, I'm going, yeah. I'm on a go, go machine here. <laughs> um, when it comes to the body, you know, I kind of have just three things to think about. One, uh, and I'm saying body of like the, the email body of the video, right? Um, three points, intro, body, call to action. Yep. So keep it short in the intro, make it personal. Hi, hey, is going to be best body. Make it relevant and personal to the prospect while connecting it to the customer and ideally some sort of success story if possible. And then I love some sort of call to action, right? Yep. Watch the video, see the video, do something like that. Um, secret four, you've got to have a thumbnail in there. So one of the myths is, you know, a lot of people, and it may be obvious to some, you're not actually embedding the video into your email. Some of these videos, they're extremely large and 
a lot of outlook you know it's only 25 yeah. megabytes so you're sending something that's 75 100 it's not going to get through you guys so the idea is that you'd actually show some sort of thumbnail and ideally you're going to need you, you have to have a play button on that thumbnail and i know i'm getting a little tactical but have a picture it's a thumbnail could be you could be your your pit product their website whatever you want needs to show Oh, I push this picture, I press back, play. Yeah. Once they click that, it then directs them to a landing page where they can watch the video. That's just the standard. It might sound funky. Apologize. you got to go with yeah. it. It's just the way it works. So just on that, should we be sending them to a landing page or a YouTube? Have you seen differences? Yeah, I mean, look, the landing page is going to give you just more ability, um, yeah. more ability. It's going to give you more abilities. So one, you can brand that landing page. You can have some other things underneath that. You don't have the ads from your competitors that you would on YouTube. you got some great metrics that you can track. You can do that on YouTube, but yeah. there's certain things you can embed in landing pages that allow people to interact with different video players mm. you may or may not have. Some of the other things you can put on the landing page, other offers and call to actions. Yeah. And you can chuck pixels on, right? And all that sort of stuff and then start to retarget but i mean one of the things that i've heard is like where marketing and sales need to be more succinct because like traditionally sales people don't know how to build landing pages yeah now, i know there are some simple insta page or like we're living in a world of technology but the majority of sales people they're not into these tech stacks and know I've got to build a landing page. That's true. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's one of the things that I've seen that's prohibited me in the past. Now, I've spent a shitload of time doing bloody webinars, watching YouTube to know how to build my landing page and all that sort of stuff, right? <laughs> but when, but if, you know, if you're the 80% or let's take the 90% of salespeople that don't know how to build a landing page, is this something where we should be going to, 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 to our sales leader or marketing leader and saying, hey, we need support here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like kind of your differentiation, right? I mean, in a larger organization, um, you should probably have support for marketing and then yeah. you're not asking too much to kind of clean up a potential landing page. But yeah, when you're just first trying this out, um, to, to your point, this um, Wistia, YouTube, yeah, Wistia. Um, you know, go ahead and just direct them somewhere. See if it works, guys. Yeah. Test out the theories that we're kind of talking about. Um, if that starts to go, then you probably have a little more of a business case to go to marketing and get mm -hmm. some help. So I'm all about kind of being, you know, a little fanatical, a little just get crap done. Um, so whatever you got to use, start there. But ultimately, I, th I think you're right. I mean, this partnership between sales and marketing and, and designing some of the language or the landing page would be absolutely in order. Yeah, awesome, man. So sorry to cut you off there. So we've 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 sent them to a landing page. Yeah, it's good. So I think I was about number four there. My, yep. my fifth one was just on the follow up, and and this just goes back to the cadence thing that we were talking about, right? It's it's it can't be a one and done. So you got the video and the email, and that that's great, and it's taking a little bit of time, and you do that. Um, you want to then draw out the rest of that cadence, right? put out some other touches, whether yeah. it's social or phone call and surround that email with some additional channels. And I think you're in a pretty good place. So again, just kind of as a quick summary, those five points recording, length, subject line, body, thumbnail, and follow-up. Those are kind of quick five principles you want to be thinking about as you, you go down this journey. Yeah. And we execute those five principles for video and where have you seen this in your business that the level of engagement or response from prospects increases? 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the, the current world that we're in because of tools and I'm, I'm as guilty as this, right? We've got an engagement tool like an outreach, a sales loft, inside sales.com. Um, we, we've helped kind of push the quantity world, right? Yeah. Where people can do more. You could got all these cool email templates and you can send them automatically when you want. Press of a button, you're doing direct mailers. Press of a button, you're doing, you know, LinkedIn touches, et cetera. So we've helped facilitate some of the, the more world. But yeah. uh, this quality world is so important. You've got to do it to the right people. And I'll tell you right now personalization never trumps automation personalization never trumps automation say it to yourself 10 times personalization <laughs> never trumps automation yeah so how can you get more personal when people are just spamming with yeah. with email tools i mean they're just spamming people and now they're trying to build in personalization into those emails and we're just not there I, i've not seen great use cases maybe one or two but i still i they still come come off quirky and fake to me so mm. um Video is the definition of personalization. I've taken some time. I've looked at your website. Yeah. I've thought about you. I'm talking to you. It's different. So um, I just think it's it's not only huge. And in our own business, it's bigger. We see typically about a 30% increase in open rates um, when we embed videos in, into our emails. Yeah, that's insane. You know what? One thing that I really loved about what you just said and this is what separates the professionals from everyone else, in my opinion, is you've taken some time to do a bit of research on the opportunity. And in my eyes, man, that enables me, and I, I say this with respect to prospects, but it, it earns me the right to have a conversation with them. Because if I'm just sending that blanket, like I'm sending, you know, personalization, just smash cadence, 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 emails, but I'm not personalized, I'm not doing any research, then that is just a new definition of the old school cold calling, man. Right, where it's it chucking on a dialer, it's a predictive dialer. Bang, you go through. You don't know anything about the prospect, and then you're expecting them to give them, you know, trade time when they don't even know what value they're going to get from it. Right, that, yeah. um, and so I love that. And there's so I see the debate on LinkedIn heaps about should we be researching, um, you know, for SDRs, and I'm like, absolutely, man, because even if you're if you do a bit of research, you can still smash out eighty to hundred calls during an eight hour shift. Do some research if you've got your data done your research prior, um, and then all of a sudden, that conversation when you finally have with them, it's more compelling, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and what I think people, I mean, this is a whole nother episode. This is a whole nother talk track, but <laughs> personalization is the emperor with no clothes, right? It's like people- <laughs> oh, That's a good one, man. That, that's your uh, title. <laughs> well, 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 I mean, it's, it's, it's the buzzword, right? We're all like, yeah, you need to kind of personalize. Nobody knows, no one knows what it means. Um, We've got kind of a little research study coming out calling the personalization ladder, but um, there, there's just different levels, right? You can personalize about the company. Um, and, and truthfully, sometimes that's less research, right? Yeah. Um, I've got guys who can do that fairly quickly, personalizing around the um, the function or title level. Guys, that takes almost zero time. Yeah, um, That's something you can, you can do. You can basically look at their title and be like, look, we deal with a lot of sales leaders all the time. And they say that it's two times harder to build pipeline than it is to close pipeline. Is that a challenge you're working with? Now, I mean, th that's a level of personalization. Yeah. That took no time, zero time. I can literally look at a list and do it like that. So you got company, you got role or function, you got individual. Now, individual, that's where the money is, right? It takes a little mm. more time. You get into really what that person is, their challenges, their likes, their dislikes. So, and, and I won't go through the whole thing, but 
know that when, when we talk about personalization, it doesn't have to be 50 minutes of research. Yeah. It can be five seconds, can be three seconds. So, but finding where it is and where it works for you, you got to have some level of it. Yeah. You can't just do the, the, you want to buy my technology or buy my services. So. Absolutely, man. We've, we've covered off some really cool stuff about, you know, the five ways we've got plays, we've got cadence. So now we've kind of, you know, coming to a point where we're starting to push out video message. We've, we've, you know, we've listened to this podcast. We've like, all right, done. I'm going to do it. Um, I'm getting some activity. Now let's wrap a bit of text message into our series, right? So text message, again, is, is something that I see not enough people using and I, I went to, you probably, everybody knows him, but a Gary V event um, two weeks ago. And man, he's, yeah, and he's hot on text. He's like, text is the new thing. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, text. So I've been sort of talking about text for a few years, but I'm not Gary V, man. So, you know, my <laughs> message doesn't get out there like he does. But now everybody's like, oh, text. So they're starting to explore text. And even he's, he's created um, wine text. So just, you know. You want wine, text it, done, um, which is yeah. a pretty cool concept. So let's talk about in the enterprise space, um, text message. You, you've put some messages out there about the importance of text message and how it helps in that series. Uh, can you share with us sort of some of the best practices when distributing text? Yeah, yeah. I mean, texting's um, an interesting one. And yeah, I put out a LinkedIn video on this and yep. um, tr tried to cause some controversy and <laughs> had a hundred thousand had a little over a hundred thousand views and Whoa. you know we got we got some good virality on that um with you know about 500 comments and it's um you know i just was trying to push the the, the conversation you know should you be texting your prospects and you can see i mean it's a it's a new communication tool for b2b sales don't i don't want to talk about i get yep. it i've been using texting since you know whatever um, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is using texting in B2B sales, particularly um, in prospecting. And mm. so um, you start to frame it like that, you start to offend you, you, some people coming out of the out of their corners being like, thou shalt not text me. You know, I mean, I got some people, I got some hate mail, some hate mail. Um, and then you had a lot of people, you know, that, that said, man, this is about time, you know, thanks for pushing the boundaries. Um, so to start, you know, one of the reasons, again, I wanted to dive into this, I, I, I ran to the data science team and said, what's going on? And what we basically found is that in cadences, um, right now, comp reps are sending about 0.7 or below SMS messages per cadence, Whoa. which is the lowest for every communication method, meaning yeah. as we look at those in seven or eight communication methods. This is the one that's the least used. Um, so I just kind of was scratching my head, like, I, I wonder why that is. Um, and, and so we started to kind of dive into it, had some conversations around it. Some of the things that we're seeing, and I'll, maybe I'll just kind of go through some of the, the commonly asked questions and see if I can't tie it to some best practices. So, um, you know, number one, should you text prospects cold? Um the 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 short answer's got to be no, right? <laughs> and publicly, you know, I'll 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 continue to do that mostly because my legal team says that's what I should <laughs> say. Um, so um, if you want to talk after, feel free to reach out. To me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean the short answer's um, no, right? Especially if there's no relationship there, you can certainly um, offend a lot of people. You need to watch personas, right? Yeah. Certainly in some of our data, um, Gen X, Millennials, um, Gen Z. They're going to be more open. 
um, you know, anything beyond that baby boomers. Mm. Um, I, I probably just wouldn't sales and marketing. People seem to be, have a little more of affinity to that, you know, it people in some, some cases don't. So maybe watch your audience kind of think through that. Um, and there's some interesting research you could check out. Velocify did some cool stuff on texting. You can do a lot of good texting on warm emails, mm. especially if you've gotten that opt in, there is some legality issues that you're going to want to be aware of if you go down this path, but, going on inbound leads, someone fills out a form and there's a little kind of um, something, you know, that kind of small text that they're basically opting, opting in to receive yep. text message. That, that, that's an obvious place. And, and I think you're going to um, win there. Some of the other use cases you might want to be considering for texting. Um, um, I, I We've found there are a few times where you can go a little colder. So, for example, if we've sent like a direct mailer, um, yeah, we found really good success using texting behind something like that. It yeah. feels a little more personal, like we've given them something. Um, with events, something that's a little bigger, you know, reaching out to people in a more little colder fashion if they haven't responded to some other things. So that's places where we found it to be cold, a little colder. The biggest use case right now for texting is in the appointment follow-up. Yeah. Um, it's safe. It's what most people think about. It's what most people, I I can't say most people do, but that's the use case that we're tracking that is the most predominant. That's just simply, I'm a sales development rep. I'm an inside sales person and I've had a conversation and I'm trying to get that appointment or the next thing. And you slide something Mm -hmm. in there around, hey, I wanted to get this invitation out. Do you mind if I give you a text message just to follow up and make sure that, you know, remind you of something like that. Yeah. You sneak that in, that's very safe. You get the permission then you start using that communication channel as kind of your predominant. Yeah. That, that, that makes tons of sense. Um, also found it, it's great if you can use it for big news. Um, so if someone new job, yeah. new, um, you know, think of those kind of big moments in their career, you know, company yeah. just got bought funding, something like that. Shooting someone a text in a cold, warm atmosphere. It just comes off a little less intrusive than, you, you know, like, Hey, I want you to buy yeah. my by my technology. So those would be just a couple of use cases that we've been tracking and seeing people kind of using it um, here, there. Um, yeah. The, well, let me pause there. Any comments or kind of yeah, thoughts on that? I've actually seen a, a successful um, or a tech, tech business here in Melbourne. They've been using it to increase and have increased their appointment held. So point once the SDR yeah. makes the appointment, they're noticing a significant drop off from appointment set to appointment held. So they obviously they did a couple of extra steps, but one of the steps that helped them was the text reminder. Oh yeah, um, and then also sending a text a couple of days beforehand with, and you know, even I think they even put Calendly link um, through the text so that they could change if they needed, and, yeah. and that dramatically increased their appointment held. So that was a really cool right. strategy that they used from text, right? Because they, and that wasn't in the cold couples post engagement. Um, and so one of the things I also liked about what you said is that trigger event. And I, I personally feel that not enough of us in our community, our industry as sales professionals use the trigger event and it's easy, you know, like LinkedIn says you've changed job and you, you know, the lazy congrats on the work anniversary, man. No one, I don't want to get 300 of those from people that I don't know that have never reached out to me. There's no personalization. Like you said it before. And so I reckon that trigger event's an awesome opportunity to send a text that can stimulate a conversation, right? 
Yeah, yeah, and it is. It's such a soft ask um, that it just you know. It is, again, it's not even an ask. That's why I say it's a soft <laughs> ask. But it's a you know, congrats on the promotion, or you know, I saw you just expanded your team to fifty yeah. people, or something like that. And and again, to your point, no call to action. There's nothing there. There's just mm. hey man, saw this. Congrats. Um, that type of stuff can go a long way. And and again, in a little little more cold type of situation that often can feel a little more appropriate, right? Yeah. Than this kind of, you know, cold email or cold call as we often use. So, but you're right. The, the, the starting point is once you have initiated contact with somebody and this would get out of the prospecting realm and kind of into the pipeline realm, but boy, it's just so obvious that if yeah. you're not, you, you got to, and that's just move the conversation to text as fast as you can, especially if they're anything over director level, it's, that's where the people are having conversations. It's where executives want to have conversations. It's extremely personal. And so once that conversation happens, yeah, find a way to get to text. Appointment setting being kind of the mm. big elephant in the room. Um, it's a great place to start. Awesome. So we've actually covered quite a lot in our session today, and we've got a few, you know, post-session sessions to cover. But That's right. You know, I think we got three of them. I'm here. <laughs> we're going to like, do that, how to close a $10 million deal. That's right. You know, That's and we're going to add, you know, cold texting. Let's get that thing going viral. Um, <laughs> so, so, you know what? We, we, this has been great, man. So just before we kind of wrap up, I, I do ask all my guests a couple of quick questions I want to ask you. Sure. In your opinion, um, salespeople, are they born or made? Yeah, I mean, it's always nature, nurture, man. It's, it's, all, yeah. it's always both. Um, you, you know, I, I, I just think I'd kind of double click on it is um, I spent five years, five, four, I can't remember, a couple of years, some, some years at a company called Gallup. And Gallup yep, has this Gallup. tool called the Strengths Finder Assessment. If, if you guys are familiar with that. Strengths Finder 2.0. Somewhere. You got it right there? Yeah, it's somewhere here, man. I've got a few books scattered yeah, around. Man, yeah, but StrengthsFinder 2.0, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, a lot of their research was, um, it was nature nurture. It was yeah. both. It was like, you have to, have to, have to, have to, have to, have to find your strengths, which is a strength is by definition an innate talent, right? Yeah. It's something you're basically like born with. It's who you are, right? But um, you take that. Um, and that is, you know, I'm good at communicating. I'm, um, you know, there's different types of innate abilities that we all mm. have and you don't have. Um, then you take that and you add on skills and you add in practice and experience and that's when it becomes a strength. And so you're, this is where salespeople, I think, really drop the ball. We look at it and we say, oh, I'm a salesperson, man. Look at me. I'm, I got the DNA. I'm, <laughs> I'm a natural communicator. I can dance in front of a camera. <laughs> I got my little shimmy here. You won't see it on the audio, but <laughs> I got my little dance. So yeah, I can do that. You can do that. Um, and so we stop there. Um, and, and, and you have those examples of great talents like Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, and, and these people who are, they got innate talents, but did they stop? No, no they got a personal coach every single day. Yeah. They're putting skills and experience on top of it. So man, that's, that's another episode. I'm, I'm diving probably deeper than you wanted, but <laughs> You got to focus on what you were born at, man. Live a strengths-based life. It will change you. But if you don't then double down on those strengths and make them into something world-class, you'll just still be That's mediocre. right, man. So you need to have the will, man, to build the skill even further, right? So, I don't know. And, and, man, sales, um, and again, this, is, this, this gets a bit of controversy when I ask the question, is it an, is it an art or is it a science? Oh, man. 
I mean, you don't like this answer, but it's got to be both, right? Yeah. I mean, I work for an AI-based company, and I see all this data that we can do about who you should go after and when you should engage and how you should engage. But ultimately, it can only take you so far. You still have to get on the phone, and you've got to in you got to mirror that person. And right now, uh, I mean, we've played with some fun tools. You know, real-time coaching, you know, not this crap where you listen to cold your, your recordings hours yeah. or days later. I mean, that's that's hocus-pocus. You want real-time, you know, while you're on the phone, have an AI engage you and coach you. I mean, that's the next level of, of coaching, and I think we're getting closer to it. But um, we're not there. Yeah, yeah. So, so AI and data um, can absolutely get you closer to who you want to sell to. And we're seeing that. I mean, in our data right now, we see that your best prospects close three times better than your worst prospects. But I got millions of data points that says sales reps spend equal time on bad prospects and good prospects. It is the yeah. biggest problem in sales. I call it the law of prioritization. Yeah. It's, it's killing people. Data can help you solve that. That, that. That's science right there. You cannot look at a million accounts and determine which ones have all of the different demographic behavior. All that's, You can't. I'm sorry. You won't be able to do it. I know you're a sales rep and you think you can do that, but you can't. But I'm telling you what you can't do right now. You can't get on the phone and have this person throw out an objection or talk fast because they don't have very much time. And you you got to mirror that. you got to adjust yeah. to that real time. And it, uh, I, There's no data. There's no science for that right now. I, I can't literally tell Absolutely. you, hey, that guy's tone is talking fast. you got to change your tone. So you got to have that innate ability. So I'm yeah. an art and a science, man. I'm an art and a science as well. Well, I love that, man. And you know what? There's a great, for any of our listeners, and I keep saying there's a great book out there. We, 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 Gabe was talking about the adaptability, the platinum rule by Tony Alessandra, you know, treat others the way they want to be treated. And I find that if we can just follow that one rule in sales, man, it just increases our ability to build rapport. And you know what? Bang. I can even stuff the rest of the pipe journey up, man, but at least I've got a relationship at the start because I've mirrored them. So such an important topic that you've raised, man. And last question is, you know, biggest influence in your career and why? Um, biggest influence in my career? Um, you know, uh, I'm going to go to one. It's a tough question, but the one that did jump out is, I was working for an investment bank and uh, came across kind of a thought leader, speaker, author, and um, his name was Daniel Kahneman, and he won the Nobel Prize in 2002 wow. for a concept called behavioral economics. Um, and it's a study of why people do what they do. And um, it just sh kind of shifted my, my thinking, right? I'm a, probably a little more of an analytical person, a little more of a data-driven person, and to see that people are not autonomous in the way they make decisions, right? Like we walk around and think we're making all these decisions, but things impact us all mm. the time. Um, and data can influence the way you buy or, or don't buy. I mean, uh, random example, right? We, we see in our data set that when a sports event happens in a certain area and the local team wins, there's a euphoric effect that happens in the population. People are more likely to engage in with salespeople and they're yeah. more likely to buy. And I mean, that's weird stuff, you know, and that's, that's like behavioral economics at its finest. So um, Daniel Kahneman, a couple books that he wrote and just kind of wrapping my head around, you know, wow, people are, you know, again, not autonomous in the way they make decisions was kind of a big change for me in the way I thought about sales and just the world I work in. 
Yeah, awesome. And thanks for sharing that. I've just taken notes because I will pop that into the show notes and I'm, you know, cool. I'm going to buy that myself, that book. So, so mate, I really appreciate you taking the time, um, you know, to come on the Sales IQ podcast. Where can our listeners find you and connect with you and engage with your content? Yeah. So um, if you haven't already, I'm a big podcaster, man. That's where, where we, we match. So sales secrets podcast, yep. feel free to check it out. Um, um, inside sales.com. I'm act, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, so feel free to grab me there um, and would love to continue the conversation. Awesome, man. Well, for my listeners, the podcast is insane. It's on my list. I listen to it. And I want to say, brother, I appreciate the contribution you make to our community. Um, I say this with, with authenticity that I'm a better sales professional for being able to engage with your content and share that content with my clients, brother. So thank you for um, what you do and coming on the Sales IQ podcast. Love it, my man. And best of luck. We'll talk soon. How awesome was that? Gabe, he just shares such incredible insight. As I was listening to him, I'm thinking, man, I've got to increase the amount of channels that I'm using to engage my prospects. What I loved about that episode is Gabe doesn't talk about theoretical stuff. Gabe talks about stuff that is real. He talks about data that is actually making an impact every single day. So my challenge to you is, how are you executing your cadence? How are you touching and using the channels to improve the opportunity that you have to engage with more prospects, engage with more opportunities, get more sales to the end of your pipeline, and also, how are you building your skills so that you can be the best sales professional you can be?